Yo, 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 what's good? You are tuned into another brand new VVS Clarity episode of Behind the Baller. This is episode 120. I am your host, Ben Baller, aka the Korean John Cusack, aka the Korean Alex Caruso. Yo, we are coming to you live and direct from the city, aka San Francisco, aka my favorite city in America. Yes. Uh, the weather is really warm right now, which is kind of fucking weird. You know what I mean? It's October. And, and listen, man, as Mark Twain said, the coldest winter he ever spent was the summer in San Francisco. And it's just kind of weird that it's hot here. It's like 80 fucking degrees. I know back home in LA, it's 100. And this heat wave is kind of freaking me out, you know, with this climate situation and everything. Um, but yeah, the city is quiet. Downtown is dead. It's It's been seven months since I've been back into San Francisco. It's kind of weird. But anyways, I hope you guys are all having a decent week. A couple days ago, or yesterday, was it? No, I can't remember. Fuck. But either yesterday or a couple days ago, it was International Podcast Day. So I hope you guys got your podcasting in. Shout out to my boy Gary V for reposting and uh, putting up our interview on his podcast. I think that was pretty fucking cool. He didn't even fucking tell me. Just did it. Obviously thought it was all good, so fuck it. Um, but before we begin, I'd like to send my prayers and condolences to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, um, both uh, acquaintances of mine, and uh, they lost their child to a miscarriage. Um, they named the son Jack. Uh, there are some complications, I guess, during her pregnancy, and uh, I know she had to have blood transfusions. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know what to expect. I, didn't, I thought she had the baby. I don't know. I can't begin to tell you the pain I even had just watching her Instagram post last night. As soon as I saw it, I was fucked up. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, I think you guys here know how much I love my kids and how I feel about fatherhood and parenting. Just, it crushed me. Um, I don't know exactly how long she was pregnant for, but it had to be, you know, maybe five months. I don't know, something like that. Um, she posted a picture of her holding the baby too. I don't, I don't know, I'm really not sure. But damn, like her tweets got me fucked up last night and the post made me log off the internet. Like no jokes at all, you know? Again, sending prayers and positivity to her and her family. That was a lot, man. It hit me like, I, again, I just didn't know, man. It's just, I can't imagine. So I, man, it's a tough one. But uh, bouncing right back, yo guys, I know you watched the presidential debate I don't know a single person, even motherfuckers who don't give a fuck about politics, everyone watched that shit because they knew Donald Trump was going to try to show out and all kinds of bullshit. And um, there was really nothing he can say. He's just going to lie, you know? And again, man, look, again, there could be people I don't like. I would never lie on them, okay? For instance, LeBron. I'm never going to say he's not good. Of course he's great. Not saying he's the greatest, that's, you know, that's arguable, okay? Because there's Michael Jordan, there's fucking Larry Bird, there, there's Kobe, there's so many different things. I will never say that he sucks or whatever it may be. Or like, you know, he's never gonna say, yo man, did you see I scored fucking 68 points last night and he scored 45. The thing with him is, if he said he scored 68 and he scored 45, yo, bottom line is he scored a gang of points. With Trump, he'd be like, did you see how good the economy is? Is the best ever? And it wasn't. That's the fucked up part. That's what I can't fuck with. And what you guys don't get is because he's trying to do this white supremacy thing and he has this thing where 
you know, he's he's really trying to hold, or people are trying to hold on to this country not turning into an integrated, you know, place and be a fucking uh, melting pot, which it kind of already is. But like, you know, the people in the Confederate States and stuff, and they want to be out there and still be, you know, hidden racists or whatever, or not even really be hidden about it. it you know, they love this dude. And it's scary, you know, they're, they're all trying to come out and it's like, fuck this, you know, our country, we're losing our country from us. It wasn't your country to begin with, you know? That's the part that fucks with me. Again, I don't hate many people in the world. Anybody I hate, I would never, ever say something that was completely against them. That's just not me. You guys have to understand that. Some people don't. Some people watch, listen to 17 episodes. Some people listen to three and they don't get it. They're like, oh, who's better? But like, How fucking dumb could you be? The only problem is... It's 100% white people that are saying this to me. It's never a black person. Now, there's black people that have their own agendas for whatever it may be, and they might have their reasons for why they like, they like Trump, or maybe because they don't like someone else. But, you know, you got to be real at a certain point. There are facts, and facts are facts. You can't ever change the fact that somebody ate eggs yesterday, and then they said they had Wagyu steak. It's not the same. It's, that's where the problem lies. You know, and the 208,000 people that are dead because of COVID and just so many fucking different things. And the, the taxes, also the shit, just the lies. Like, how could you fucking lie that much? It is insane. But I know the debate was just a few days ago or a couple days ago, it was two days ago. And I just had to go on the record. I ha had to be on record here on the podcast to say that fucking debate was trash. Now, Biden, he did okay. Well, he didn't do great, that's for sure. Dick Stain? Man, he just lost his mind. Again, he couldn't stop lying. Okay, I don't get it. None of the hardcore Republicans even fuck with dude anymore. All right? I'd say my friends are half and half. Half Republican, half Democrats. One person I know fucks with Trump. The rest of all my Republican friends, and I'm talking about 100, right? Acquaintances, people I know, cool. They're up in the air right now, okay? Half of my life, as an adult, right, 47 years old. I voted the first time when I was 18, right? For half of my adult life, I have been a Republican. Most of those years were from, they were early. Obviously, I voted for Obama, both terms. But bottom line is, for half of my life, I, I was a Democrat. Other half, I've been Republican, or kind of like, about 50-50 or so, okay? But the last term, I just... I mean, I know it's terrible. I didn't vote. And it didn't matter in California, but, you know, I didn't really rock with Hillary, you know, and I didn't definitely didn't rock with fucking Dick Stain. But I don't rock with dude at all. And nobody I know that's Republican except one fucking person fucks with dude. Most people that I know with the brain wish that Bernie Sanders was still an option, okay? I wish fucking Andrew Yang was. Anybody is just fucking, like, Biden is just, like, look. The Sleepy Joe shit is stupid. And he wasn't sleeping. It was obviously, you guys know it was a fucking, it was a, a Photoshop thing, whatever, boom. Smoking Joe, as Michael Rapport would call him, he won that debate last night. You know, at all the polls you see, it's like 69, 31, 65. It wasn't like no close anywhere. Even in the fucking states that he owns, no one thought that he fucking killed that. And I think that, again, the Trump supporters kind of like, what the fuck, dude? Like, the part that fucked me up was Trump not condemning white supremacy, all right? He straight up gave the okay to the fucking Proud Boys. That was it for me, all right? That Proud Boy shit, they can go to fucking hell, all right? Fuck all the Nazi motherfuckers. I hope they all die slow, okay? 
And then also after the debate, you see how bad Trump's ratings went down. Even on Fox News, that's Trump's favorite channel. That's the only fucking place he won't say is fake news. And <laughs> it's like he isn't even winning the polls on the on the ratings for the fucking debate on his own fucking channel. But what kills me is I got dudes in my DMs anytime I post anything about Trump, not realizing things like, oh, you fucking Democrat. Motherfucker, I ain't no Democrat. What kills me is you got these dudes like saying like, how could you believe CNN? Do you know the New York Times has been a bullshit book? Like, are you fucking stupid? Do you realize that most of these fucking companies are owned or were started and founded by a fucking Republican for whatever reason, whatever? Yes, I get it. Even Ted Turner had said he wishes that CNN spoke less about politics, whatever else. That's all that's fucking going on right now, whether you like it or not. It's that and fucking COVID, okay? Until this shit is fucking over with. And most of these fucking news corporations were started by fucking far riders, okay? Do you guys realize you dumb fucks, that CNN has been the most legit news channel for fucking decades before Trump was in office, okay? There's a reason why, and don't say money, whatever else, you be in Tokyo, the only fucking American channel they're gonna have is fucking CNN. You go to fucking Dubai, CNN. The Middle East, you go to a fucking place that hates America, and if they have fucking some sort of satellite, it's gonna be fucking CNN, okay? Fox News has been rated the worst news channel ever and it's earned that rep for over a decade okay starting with the bush era so it's like two decades now it's been like the minute joke it's been a laughing stock of fucking news media right what you guys fail to realize is you can't just keep thinking that five plus five equals 13 and then be like all right fuck this they don't agree with it oh abc nbc oh the fake news msnbc oh fuck that cnn fake news new york times fake news washington post bullshit the hill bullshit and then you find one channel that agrees with you. That one channel who agrees with you, they're idiots. Because nobody should ever think that 5 plus 5 equals 13. That's as simple as I could break it down with you guys. It's always going to equal 20, 10. It's never going to equal anything else. And just because that channel kind of thinks, oh, you know what? Actually, 5 plus 5 could equal 12. No. Just because they agree with your stupid ass fucking theories and whatever the fuck delusional situation you got going on through that fucking puny little fucking numbskull brain does not mean they're correct. And it doesn't mean they're right, even if they're on the right, all right? Fact-checking is very important. But Jesus Christ, Chris Wallace was fucking terrible. And I kept fucking me up, like, yo, Chris Wallace, Christopher Wallace, like fucking Torres B.I.G., the fuck? Anyways, next time, there has to be a mute button. They have to listen to this shit. They should have just put the mute on, motherfucking dick stain you can't talk you could we see your lips moving we can't hear you motherfucker because you're on mute bitch you can't talk until motherfucker is able to dude biden called that fool a clown on national television global tv he told that motherfucker to shut up he said you need to get out of your bunker it was just crazy people were like what what is fucking uh, biden done in 47 years what the fuck are you talking about bro like dog how about to start he hasn't lied how about to start he's paid his taxes and he showed him why won't Trump show his taxes? It does. It's dude. It doesn't make sense. Why oh, will he come? On. When, motherfucker? When? 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 All right. That shit was terrible. That debate was awful. Both sides sucked. Okay. That debate right, reminded me of the Soldier Boy and Famous Dex beef when they both got on Instagram live with each other and started cussing at each other. That's what it reminded me of. You know how fucking sad that is. Okay. This shit is terrible. Just basically, for the most part, we're fucking doomed here in America. It's just horrible.
All right. The fact that they even fucking reminded me of two fucking sad ass rappers arguing and shit over some fake beef and the motherfuckers weren't going to do shit. They couldn't squash a grape in a food fight. All right. Except maybe the Soldier Boy famous deck shit might have been more entertaining than the fucking debate was. Okay. Like I was watching the debate. It was funny here and there, whatever. But it was actually pathetic. Like sad for the American people. It, it really was. I had some, seen some dumbass bitch who follows my boy Homicide. And she had the nerve to tweet, why the fuck is Biden looking in the camera? I, I'm like, oh my God, man. This girl had to be 20 something, maybe 28, maybe 30. Bitch, he's talking to the American people, you stupid asshole. Why the fuck? Would, like, how fucking stupid could you be? Anyways, I'm done with that. That is it. There's no COVID talk. There's none of that bullshit. We're going to get right into sports. Okay, I need to get into sports early because we got a special guest on this episode. Forgot to mention that. She's been on the show before and uh, her name is Aria Price. And the interview went to a little longer than I needed to be. Well, I mean, it was good. It was a good convo. You're going to like the interview. She did really well the last time she went on, but um, it's an hour interview. So I got to squeeze the sports in now. Okay, so you guys ready for sports? Okay, cool. The Lakers. All right, man, look, I told you guys. I told you guys before, people are like, oh, Lakers fans, man, shut the fuck up, you dumbass, you fucking dingbat. Anyone saying that stupid ass shit, I fucking told you guys, Miami can't hang. They're too small. We were up by fucking 30, and it didn't even like, it was just like, it was a joke. They were up by 13. I wasn't worried at all. I was like folding fucking shirts, packing and shit, getting ready for my fucking trip here to San Francisco. I was watching that shit. I was like, yo, man, this is, this is a fucking, this is like, I'm not even worried about these fools. Any single NBA player or analyst who had something to say about it or the ones who thought that, hey, Miami's tough, this should be a good series, everyone retracted their statements, okay? Most of the ones who went public, they went and said how wrong they were publicly again, okay? They're saying that there's a single-digit chance that they could win this series. That's according to the experts, sport experts, okay? Look, okay, I'm not a sport expert. I've called every series in this fucking playoff. Well, as far as anyone Lakers faced, okay? I'm here to tell you, there's a 0% chance, okay? Lakers in a five, and that's if Miami gets lucky, all right? The fucking Nuggets would have washed these motherfuckers up like no other. I don't want to hear shit about Bam being hurt or some other bullshit. I don't want to hear shit about Spolstra fucking him being, you know, like again, with Windows 95 and him being with the organization. For 50, I don't give a fuck, all right? Spolstra is dumb as fuck for keeping Jimmy Butler in the game for that long with his fucking ankle fucked up. Like, bro, what's wrong with you? All right. Again, I don't want to hear shit from none of you guys. The Lakers are so fucking good and they've played against so many insane, tough opponents that right now Miami has no idea what the fuck to do against us. They don't even know who the fuck they're playing. All right. We've been balling. Okay. And the best part about all this shit is we still have the same squad. We're going to have the same squad next year if we want, or it's going to be a better squad. Okay. AD is going to resign. He's going to get his 200 million. We can sign another star. Most of the rest of the Lakers are on one year contracts. So it's like, it's lit. We can pick whoever the fuck we want. Next year is going to be even fucking crazier. All right. I just hope it's not in the fucking bubble. Anyways, my Dodgers, they won the first game of the playoffs last night against the Milwaukee Brewers. So all we need is just one more. And one more W in this next to the next round and, and fucking we're World Series round. All right. So let's talk about betting. All right. My NFL picks. Now, guys, please do not forget 
this episode was brought to you by mybookie.ag. Please use the promo code behind the baller to get yourself up to $1,000 in free play on your first deposit. Only new users get that special deal. So without further ado, here are this weekend's picks. Tonight's game, I like the Jets minus one over the Broncos. All right, let's get the Sunday slate. The Bears plus two and a half over the Colts. The Saints minus four and a half over the Lions. The Cardinals minus three and a half over the Panthers. The Bengals minus three over the Jaguars. Cowboys minus five over the Browns. Seahawks minus seven over the Dolphins. Chargers plus seven and a half over the Bucks. Rams minus 13 over the Giants. Ravens minus 13 and a half over Washington. Chiefs minus seven over the Patriots. And Sunday night, I got the Eagles plus seven over the 49ers. Monday night football, I got the Green Bay Packers minus seven and a half over the sorry ass Atlanta Falcons. All right. So I hope you guys wrote all that shit down. You already know we're kind of kicking ass over here. So, yo, let's get into this interview with Aria Price. Miles, please hit the BTB army with some of that Lakey inspired. We'll be right back with Aria. Yo, guys, what's up, man? So check game. You know how the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately, right? There's an easy way to buy gold through our friends at Acre. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. And just recently, Acre has introduced a new $100 a month subscription to a 5-gram gold bar. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of the pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated via email on your gold stash every month and ships out once you reach the price threshold. With Acre, taking physical delivery of your gold means it's safe and sound in your hands. Acre ships your gold directly and discreetly to your door. Visit getacregold.com forward slash baller and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away gold. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. All right, again, that's getacregold.com forward slash baller. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. Yo, what up, y'all? We are back. We got Miss Aria Price, young, successful Asian-American woman, um, self-made. She didn't have to, uh, you know what, <laughs> to get where she is right now. Aria, what's good? What's up? Hey, how's it going? Um, glad to have you back on. Actually, what's crazy is I had to look back to see when uh, you recorded and uh, it was a significant number because um, my best friend who had passed away eight years ago, almost to the day, Jonas, 
he owned a company called LRG, Asian guy, and uh, enormous clothing brand. And uh, his favorite number is 47. You happen to be episode 47. And that was back in January, right before my birthday. Now, the crazy thing is COVID existed during that time. We had no idea, really. Um, I knew a little bit. I had heard about it. You know, you hear it and you're like, oh, okay, you know what's going to happen. Did you ever think in your fucking life that some shit that was going, like what's going on right now would ever fucking happen when me and you were hanging out that night? No, definitely not in a million years. That was, I think, I was just in such a different place, you know. It's, I don't think we even, none of us could have predicted that, no. you know. And now that I think about it, actually, we probably recorded like maybe two, three nights before it actually dropped. So, uh, I don't know, it's just fucking crazy. Because the crazier part is I'm going to San Francisco, um, like when this episode drops, I'll be in SF. Like literally when this episode drops, I'll be just arriving to San Francisco and I'm driving up because there's no way I'm flying. Like, cause even if I took a private jet, that means I still got to get into an Uber and go around. You know what I mean? Like there's no way, like I'll be completely at the mercy of just shit that I want to deal with. So I don't know. It's just fucking crazy. Uh, so how have you been spending your quarantine? I feel that I've had a much different, uh, not a completely different from everybody all you know obviously but my experience has been a bit different uh i've been away from my family uh obviously trying to help them as much as i can from a distance but my company was deemed as essential uh because we do facilitate a lot of government moves uh we do a lot of things for uh natural disaster relief uh, we provide, you know, we supply logistics services for, you know, banks, the whole financial system. So things like that. So uh, for us, you know, it was a very interesting thing about how it kind of all fell into place. But, you know, I've been kind of moving forward. I know last time we spoke, I was thinking that, you know, I said, OK, well, we're going to have 100 employees you know, by the time it, we hit summertime and you know what, um, as soon as COVID hit, I was actually on a business trip. I was in Nashville and I'm getting all these calls and emails saying, you need to get out. Everything's shutting down. You're not going to be able to come into California. It was a little nerve wracking, but obviously I was able to get back. And when we got back before we were deemed as essential, it was a little bit, uh, a little nerve wracking, you know, cause no one knew what was going on or how severe it was going to be. And Majority of my staff, they're all, uh, not all of them, but most of them are, you know, uh, either fresh out of college or, you know, we have a pretty young staff or they're just married or just having their first kids or something. And a lot of their spouses were being uh, laid off by all these companies and whatnot. And I remember there was this eerie feeling and we had a meeting and the morning we went in there, it was just this strange I can't even describe it, like just nervousness. You could tell there was tension in the office and we walked in and um, we had a floor meeting. Uh, our CEO spoke and he said, you know, we've all come together, our executive management group, and we all made a decision that we will happily take a financial hit to the company regardless of what happens to make sure that nobody is laid off. You all will have job security. You all will keep your benefits. You all will be okay. And if anybody's having any issues, getting a hold of any essential items, we'll provide them all for you and your families. 
um, gave everybody gift cards so they could go spend them at the local grocery stores and, you know, offered extra, you know, PTO for anyone who's going through something, experiencing issues with COVID or anything like that. Um, bought laptops for everybody. So we offered training it for working from home, um, obviously in phases, just because of, you know, training purposes and whatnot and all of that. But um, it was a really proud moment for us, I think. And Sacramento is kind of a weird area. So we've been kind of open, but not really open. And then you're essential. And then the, then, you know, it's just all the, everything's just been up and down, but we were really good about, I think, implementing, you know, when we started working back in the office again, and because, you know, we had a majority of people were working from home, but we eventually started coming back to the office in phases. Everybody has to wear masks. We have everybody who has been, you know, hired extra cleaning people, other precautions, nobody touches the doors. We're lucky we had two offices when they all hit. I just actually signed for our third office this week. But um, we had a lot of extra space, so we were able to space people out. So, you know, putting half of our staff that would normally be in one building, you know, we had the space to be able to space people out when we did start phasing people back in. But it was a really proud moment because as soon as we told everybody nobody's going to lose their jobs, you know, everybody was, you could tell there was a sense of relief. Um, So I was really proud about that. But as far as everything else goes, you know, just my mom and my sister, they haven't left the house since COVID hit. I do all their grocery. I'm like the sacrificial lamb for them pretty much. (laughs) So I go, I'm the one who goes to the grocery stores. I'm the one who, anything they need, I'm, I'm that person. Um, But obviously, you know, we experienced a lot of loss in my family. So I've been trying to be as careful as I can, but they haven't. They're, they're not, I'm not letting them go anywhere. So how old <laughs> is your my, sister? My, she's only two years younger than me. So she's 27. Oh shit. Well, I mean, you know what the crazy thing is that they're, they're, you know, I've stopped paying attention to, there's just too many different statistics for anyone's good. Like it's just, I just saw something tonight. Like, oh, you know, I realize in the ages 21 and 29 are the most at risk and this and that, whatever for long term. Like, yo man, just how about just be careful? Just period fuck whatever age you are you know just for whatever reason it doesn't matter if you're i mean it, they're saying it does matter if you're black and latino because it affects you harder um well i told you i texted you that same day i had a friend who was my age and you know he was in the icu for six weeks and he passed away from covid and i was talking to a lot of you know people about this i do a lot of i talk to people all over the nation for my work And, you know, everyone's got their own opinions. But I said, you know, I have two of my neighbors died from it. I have four people from my church who passed away from it. I have people my age who've passed away from it. My grandpa has it right now. He's just turned 92. Um, He's in a nursing home. But uh, I guess one of the cooks had it and gave it to a bunch of people. But he's fortunately asymptomatic. So he'll be okay. But you never know who it's, you know, it's we don't know enough about it. And everybody and just still needs new. to, I mean, yeah. we know a little more now than we did, you know, seven months ago, but to this still, I only have three people who have died, um, same three people, but now I've had maybe 70 to 80 people that I know that got it. And, uh, out of 70, 80, 10 of them got it really bad. And I think that they don't even realize it. They're starting to understand that they might have permanent issues from the situation, but look. I don't want to talk about the shit anymore. I'd rather just kind of so get into your business. Um, so your logistics company hasn't really been affected or 
have you guys like as far as like overall numbers or for what's obviously you know taking into consideration what's going on you guys are still doing very well like what where do you guys stand in the situation yeah so it's kind of interesting uh because we have a very very diverse uh clientele base as far as the services that we offer um you know i do all kinds of stuff we specialize in the automotive market uh, but are expanding more into the freight market as well and that affects everything that comes in and out of north america that's kind of like a big deal but each different specific industry that we provide services for whether it's you know automotive or repossessions or whatever it's uh, you know car parts or fencing or whatever it is you know those have different seasonalities um, that affect volume and there's a lot of different studies actually on it that show you know even just by trucking how you can predict the like where the economy will be within the next nine months it's very interesting to look at. I won't get too into detail with that. It's super nerdy. But uh, pretty much when it first happened, we actually had a hiring spree. I had to hire people, you know, as they're announcing right before they, you know, started shutting places down. But they're saying, you know, COVID, this is happening. It's here in America. I had to hire a lot of people because all of our competitors, they don't uh, specialize in the thing, same things that we specialize in. We're a little bit more niche, but we deal a lot more with... Um, a little more difficult moves. Um, so, you know, if someone has to, I had someone call me and they say, Hey, I have 10 military tanks I need moved, then I'll do that. Uh, whereas most of my competitors just do brand new cars. So for us, you know, where our competitors are kind of going, not going out of business, but you know, they're halting business or putting everything on pause. We're having to pick up that slack, not to mention just in California by itself, all the natural disasters that are at an all-time high all over the nation, especially in California, but everywhere, you know, so we have to do all that cleanup. So for us, the timing of it, our business was skyrocketing. We were, you know, just taking on a lot more volume, um, absorbing what was being left by other companies as well as just things starting to progress and change as far as, it was really crazy, you know, for me to be posting. And I can't even tell you, you know, I would put something out there, ads for, hey, we're hiring. And it would be like, I was having people with master's degrees applying for, you know, entry level jobs. And yeah, so we were definitely, we we were doing okay. Uh, We still are doing great. Definitely weren't, you know, obviously there was a slump. I think April was our worst month ever, but we were still, you know, were growing. It wasn't like we were losing anything. So uh, weren't growing as much as we were, but I was, you know, for our numbers, our year to year growth of last year was 1700%. Um, so, you know, that's only sustainable for so long. You have to even out at some point and we've still been growing, but we were hiring for a long time. Um, not as quickly as we wanted to, but I'm just shy of about a hundred employees after I'll be done with this hiring that I'm doing right now. So I'll, almost be at a hundred employees in the very near future. So very excited about that. So wait a second, when you guys are moving tanks and stuff, it's like, you know how the National Guard was coming to LA, they came to the Bay Area, wherever. Are you guys mm-hmm. helping the National Guard move like military vehicles or no? I can't talk about those oh moves specifically, <laughs> but what what I will say is that, uh, you know, and I text, I was wondering if you would put those pieces together. I texted you and I said, we're moving military stuff, you know, there's, you know, shit's going to go down, you know what I mean? But um, everything that happens with, you know, military, there's all kinds of, it's crazy the no, way I that can, they I, do I, I get it. With 
Um, well, I mean, it's a bidding process too. So even if you do work with the government, um, the way that they select their vendors is a lot different than the way that a lot of other, um, other companies like, you know, private companies would select their vendors, obviously. But for those, I will say we have been doing military stuff for, for, for that particular, I think the one that you're thinking about, they actually moved a lot of them themselves. Um, but there are some other, we, I have some, there's some interesting stories for that. <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, as far as, uh, if you think that you can kind of like predict or you can kind of see the state of the economy nine months in advance or whatever it may be like, what do you think of the current state of our economy, at least here and even California? Uh, well, I think it's all gonna be contingent on honestly, like what happens in this election upcoming in November, you know, how is our president, whoever it may be, how is our president going to react to the situation that we're currently in? And right now, you know, in California, as far as all the fires and things go, I mean, places are shutting down, even places that aren't burning down are closing because the air quality is so bad. They don't want their workers outside, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I was outside with a fucking mask on for maybe an hour and I got sick as fuck. I felt like, I just felt like shit because I was at a car meeting just feel it in my building. I could smell it inside of my building. Well, you're um, way closer to it. I know you guys are way closer to it. Yeah. We're, we're about 40 minutes away from it, but we're in the valley. So it just sits there, all the smoke, you know? So, but I think as far as the economy goes, I'm waiting right now. I'm in a kind of a weird place, I think. So pretty much I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen a little bit after the election. Um, right, let me ask you this. this Listen. Do you yeah. actually think that someone's going to get fucking elected on November 3rd? I hope that there's a <laughs> change. <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't, I don't think that anyone's, I don't think anything's getting decided on that day. I'm sorry. I just talked about this on the recent episode. I've been shipping packages via US mail, sending 50 to 200 different you know, baseball cards, mostly baseball cards and merch that comes from my website. And if I send something from LA to, to Sacramento, if I send it regular first class mail, it's going to get there. If I get a, send it out at two, three, four o'clock, you know, last calls at five o'clock for mail, it is guaranteed it'll be there by 12 noon the next day, no matter where the fuck you are in California. Now, when I'm shipping packages from Hollywood to Long Beach, it's taken three to four fucking days. USPS, it's just, it's really bad. So of course it's not a coincidence it's just, I just don't think anything's going to get, because there's, there's mail-in votes, there's all kinds of shit, people are uncertain. I think that people, you know, in 2016, what, 60% of the, the qualified voters voted in the country. I'm not worried about California, because it's like maybe 17% might vote for Trump, you know, whatever it may be. And, and, and you're talking about somebody who has been most part kind of a Republican for most of my life, do you know, with Democratic views, but it's just like, I just, I don't know any Republicans except for maybe fucking Cole, who you know Cole is. He's like the only person that I know that will still vote for Trump. It's just like crazy. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And I have I know a ton of Republicans. I just don't think anybody's going to vote for him because he's such a fucking... I mean, I think outside of that, you know, there are other issues that are going to be a lot more detrimental to our future as a nation, even if you look at things like, and I know you've talked about this in past episodes too, you know, I and I could speak on this because I work with, financial companies. I work with some of the largest banks in the world and they're preparing for a very catastrophic domino effect in 2021. They are taking extreme measures 
to try and, you know, protect their assets as best that they can. Um, and they're making a lot of very, very, uh, yeah, they're cutting strategic- fucking they're cutting fucking credit limits. They're cutting, you know, they're not doing the, the same amount of loans, which is the opposite of what you would think we're doing because they don't want to have themselves so exposed. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's really weird. And obviously um, nothing's going to happen in November. I mean, even if some a new president, it, he doesn't sit in office until, what is it, January fucking, I forgot the exact date, 13th or what the fuck it is. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time. So... You know, people have been having, a, you know, a rough time right now. I'm starting to actually semi-see it right now. Like in this last week, I noticed that the stimulus checks are gone. The last, you know, better EDD is gone. I know that they've, or I think there's a new stimulus program that something, some odd trillions of dollars, whatever the fuck it is. I don't, want, I don't know exactly what it is because it doesn't affect me directly. But, you know, you got people who are finally going to start getting evicted and whatever. Maybe it's terrible. And you're talking about people who are maybe lower to middle class. You know, they have, I mean, just... Regular ass people that me and you know that could be homeless, that will be homeless. And that's a frightening thought. You know, it's just, it's really crazy. And we haven't seen the worst part yet because I know 2021 will be worse. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of waiting. And that kind of goes into, I mean, you and I have talked briefly about it before, you know, the importance of having, you know, multiple streams of income and being able to be self-sufficient. Um, and that's kind of what geared me towards, you know, what I started, I have a few other things I'm working on, but one of the main things that I am doing is I wanted to make sure my mom was protected and okay. And her assets were good. And, you know, I don't want to worry about her retirement being drained out. So I spoke to someone about it and he was telling me about all these solutions and, you know, indexing and, uh, you know, just different ways to save her retirement, you know, without, you know, with minimal taxes and, all these other things uh, just to help protect yourself when shit goes down. And I said, well, why should I pay you to do this? I want to learn how to do this. So I'm actually getting licensed to do that. (laughs) So, cause I didn't, not necessarily cause I'm going to be so adamant. I mean, my heart is in my company right now. That's where majority of my time is going to be spent. But you know, I already have a lot of people who already come to me for financial advice and things like that. And wanting to be able to protect my mom and all these people, my family members. And I think that's important, you know, having. I mean, 401ks are 401ks are a wrap. I mean, I got rid of mine. Yeah. I got got rid of mine way long ago. It didn't matter. And like, um, I recently just did a trust for my kids and everything's under the trust. So pretty much like for instance, Bill Cosby, you obviously know, I think you're still a little too young to really realize how enormous Bill Cosby was. I know who Bill Cosby is. I didn't say you didn't know who he was. I'm talking about in the 80s, this man was enormous. You weren't even born in the 80s, you know? And then, you know, in the 90s, he was still huge. And then it just kind of like, you know, obviously, I mean, just what he did for so many people. And and do I think he must, look, there's too many fucking coincidences, too many goddamn cases. But the thing was, he had civil suits for upwards of $25 million against him, right? Not one of those things hit him at all. They didn't touch him at all whatsoever. He was covered under his homeowner's insurance and under different things and had all his shit under his trust. And that's basically not that, look, not that I have any sexual harassment charges against me. I have zero, none. (laughs) I have no lawsuit. Actually, I I do have a lawsuit. But what I mean is I was able to, my CPA was able to put me under a protection plan to where, you know, no matter fucking what, God forbid something happens or anything, my kids are still good. You know, say my wife as well. And, um, you know, we just had put everything, I had to have a living trust. 
I had to make sure everything was protected just like that. And I have other things that I'm doing, but you know, you're talking about multiple streams of revenue and income. It's like, look, by trade, I'm a jeweler. By trade, I'm a cannabis company. You know, I own a cannabis company. Um, I have a cultivation. You know, I, I do whatever, sponsored ads here on the, the podcast. I have paid ads at people. And some people are like, yo, why are you doing ads and blah, blah, whatever. And it's like, dumb fuck. It ain't just necessarily for the money for this, but it's also gaining sponsors for the show. And that's how the show grows. That's how Behind the Baller grows. That's how the podcast grows. So with the baseball cards, you know, it's blown the economy of the hobby up to a whole different level. There's probably almost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that have gone into the baseball card industry. And it's crazy. During the pandemic, it's created something good. Some people have probably lost it, didn't really know what they were doing. Fortunately, I've, I've, I've done well for myself. What other streams, do you invest in stocks? Like what else do you have that's, that's bringing you income? Yeah, I have stocks, ETS, I do all that stuff. Um, as far as, you know, now I'm going to be able, now that I'm licensed to like help sell financial products, if I want to, if someone comes to me, I can also legally charge for that as well too. Uh, my sister and I have been, this is something I've kind of always wanted to do and I've been doing it with my head down because I like to work quietly. But uh, my sister and I, I've been telling her forever, I want to do something with clothes. I want to do something with, you know, have a, either it's a clothing line or have my own online store of some sort. So I'm actually testing um, different materials and things like that right now um, through different manufacturers. I will have something coming out in the very near future. It's just taken so long with, it's crazy how long everything's taken to come in just with shipping and stuff being slowed down right now. Um, but so I will be doing that as well. Um, I also started because I know last time we spoke, I was thinking, um, prior to the pandemic, I said, I want to, you know, I want to have a house. I want to have an investment house. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you, um, do you, do you own a home? Do you? Um, not yet. And so that's kind of what I meant to. And I said, I'm waiting for things to kind of play out with all this COVID stuff. But I have been, I have one of my good friends. He's You'd probably really like him too. He's Asian. He's self-made. He's got into multiple different businesses, but he does a lot of stuff for uh, real estate. So I told him, I said, hey, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about investment real estate uh, or investing in real estate. And um, I said, I don't know anything about it. I just teach me. And he said, okay. And so uh, he wants to start doing some sort of, um, I don't know if we're going to do YouTube or what we're going to do, but uh, I'm trying to kind of have him as a mentor to learn more about that. And so um, I think because, you know, if the economy is going to be shit, things going to hit the fan, housing prices are going to fucking drop, then I want to be prepared to... There's, there's areas that I like, definitely the neighborhood I live in, houses don't even last even off the market for a week. Just because of the school district I'm in, the people that live in this neighborhood, the income, overall income of the people that live in my neighborhood, it's interesting the thing to see. And I, I thank God that I chose this place and I was going to upgrade. Thank God I didn't. And uh, the reason why I'm scared to say who my, some of my neighbors are, because I've Googled and I've been like, holy shit, like enormous celebrities that you can Google and find their address. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not about to say that. But with that said, right now, you know, I'm in the process of refinancing my house and I'm getting it down to fucking under 2%. You know how fucking ridiculous that is? Like, that is ridiculous. 18 years ago, like in 2001, 2002, my sister bought her house. A really good APR back then was like 8, 9%. That was like really good. So, you know, just where it is right now, I was even, you know, I was 
at 3.27, which is insane. This is the only problem now. There was a point in time from like 2010 to 2017 where it was nearly impossible to get a loan. I mean, you had to be, you couldn't be no fucking clown. Didn't matter if you had to, you had to be able to show tax returns. You couldn't be Donald Trump. You couldn't just pay seven fifty a year in fucking income tax. I mean, it was like you had to really that show. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. You had to really show your taxes. And with that said, you know, in 2018 was when we bought this new place and it was a bitch. I ain't gonna lie to you, it was a motherfucker, right? Then I refinanced last year and I'll refinance again this time just because I'm banking on, you know, my house to, to go up. My house has gone up about $850,000 in the last two years. So... What's crazy is I'm seeing other people's homes go down, but I am seeing a certain, like the certain number, let's say for instance, like in LA County, if your house is like right around one to 1.5, man, that shit is flying out the fucking door. People are still buying homes because they want something to have, you know, to help them out. And of course, God forbid, if I needed to take a loan against my house, I could for me to, to get a better rate or refinance or buy a home, different story. So with that said, I'm just curious what your guy has to say because, you know, I have great friends who own a lot of real estate. Shit, Cole has a fucking $19 million house. But like what the issue is, my friends decide to invest in like strip malls and then also invest in like, you know, um, multifamily homes, you know, own a fourplex and rent them out. And this is all literally happening in like December, January, boom. So my boy just got his shit up in January, February. And then all of a sudden, you know, his tenants aren't paying rent and he can't evict them right now. So it's like a crazy situation. So he's taking an L there. Now his strip malls, you know, they're all, um, like one of them has like a, what is it called? The Jersey Mike's. I don't know if they have those in Sacramento. It's like a sandwich yeah, place. Yeah, we do actually. Okay. And then like another place is like, um, he has a hair, hair and nail salon. Those places have been closed for like months and months. So how's he gonna get, you know, rent? So I'm curious to see what your guy is saying about investment properties because, you know, single family home, okay, I get it. You know, especially if you're living there, whatever. But to rent out, man, fuck, it's got to be a sketchy fucking business. Yeah. Well, so the guy that I try to learn from, he actually does most of the stuff he does is, um, I have two. So, uh, most of the stuff that the guy was telling you about does the Asian guy, he mostly does residential and that's what I would want to start with. Um, the other guy who, um, I'm very, he's been a good friend of mine for about 20 years. He actually owns the building that we, I'm renting three offices from him right now. Um, he's trying to convince me to buy this whole building. Yeah, no shit. Uh, but, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know about this. right? Yeah. But, uh, but he must he, love you right now. Can you imagine you're fucking renting three oh. gigantic spaces? This guy has to be fucking kissing your feet because. So this is what happened. So when we first came on to the company, there was four employees there. And, you know, I came in, I said, we're going to scale this. So we're going to scale it fucking quick. Don't get in my way. And they're like, yeah, ha ha. Okay, sure. And uh, mind you, of course, I'm the only female in the company at the time. And I said, we're going to need a bigger office. And they said, you know, the guy we bought the company from, he's just like, okay, yeah, you go do whatever you want. Sure. You know? And so we go get this office. We sign a five-year lease for it. And we signed a five-year lease for it because based on our projections, we were, we were thinking it was going to take us five years to fill up this office. We filled it up in less than six months. Um, so And I texted our, you know, the commercial landlord, our guy, and I said, hey, I'm going to need a new office pretty soon. And he kind of did the same thing. Oh, haha, yeah, sure. Let me know when you're ready in five years. They said, no, I'm going to need a new office next month. I need more space and I need bigger space. And he said, oh, you're serious? (laughs) And I said, do I look like I'm fucking around? And so then he said, okay, well, let's let's look at it. Let's figure out what we can do. So we got our second office and then um, 
you know, we just outgrew, well, we've, it's, it outgrew a while ago, especially with COVID and, you know, distancing and all that stuff. We can't have employees sitting right next to each other, you know, in groups or anything like that. Um, so, but we are building out new divisions and needed a third office for our tech group anyway. So we got this third office and he, I went to dinner with them two nights ago and he said, I really thought you were joking. And I said, I told you, I fucking told you, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but he's, he owns, he, he personally guarantees like 300 million, you know, he's, he just bought like the Chico mall. He's very well established as far as commercial real estate goes. And so, um, eventually I'd love to learn from him. Uh, but he's definitely very happy that I, you know, we actually came through with what we said we were going to do and a little bit more. So he was, but he was definitely surprised. It was, it was a really good feeling though. And it's a good partnership when you, um, are able to both help each other. So I no, think that's for sure. I, I mean, honestly, tell you the truth. I really am more interested in finding out what your Asian homie has to say about just because look, people are losing their homes, different parts of the country. And, um, you know, banks are fuck, you know, auctioning or whatever the fuck it may be or foreclosing. They're about to own the, but you know, banks want to own the homes themselves now, like fuck middlemaning anything. They're going to, you know, just start owning the homes themselves. I know, again, man, I'm just bracing myself. That's why I was curious if you have spent any money, have you gone shopping? Have you done anything, you know, out of the ordinary? Have you been more just frugal? Oh, I have been insanely frugal. I have not bought anything. I got rid of my, my leased car. I literally everything that it, it is like, like you said, what Damn. you said, you're trimming the fat. I was like, I'm getting rid of yeah. everything that I need to get rid of, but not necessarily, but you know, just cutting off my unnecessary like subscriptions and things <laughs> like that. It, like just stupid shit that I don't fucking need. Have you heard like, of that app Truebill? Yeah, I actually have Truebill. Okay, it is the I fucking have- most amazing app in the world. Like, holy shit, it really... Yes. They negotiated things for me and, like, have done other things. But, like, look, when the pandemic started, I had seven cars. I'm down to four and, and soon will be down to three. But the only problem is I bought a $1.2 million car, <laughs> like, two, three, <laughs> like, two, three months ago. Hopefully you're not driving that to San Francisco. <laughs> no, of course not. But anyways, it's funny because basically cutting the other four cars out of, the, out of like, my fleet... I just pretty much just put it in consolidated into one car, which I'm fine. It's not a big deal. But I just wanted to ask you something personal, not personal on the, well, we'll get into that in a second, but personal, like budget wise. And if it's too personal, then don't even trip. But like, would you even talk about what your rough monthly spending budget is like, or what it was and what you cut it down to? Or like, I'm just curious, you're, you're under 30 or 30, you're single, you do kind of take care of your family, but do you have a high overhead or no? I mean, that's obviously a very relative question, but I think that what I spend right now is probably, I probably spend like a quarter of what I was spending prior to COVID happening. Okay. So in the the beginning of the year, were you over under 10,000 a month? You think your personal budget just including things? I mean, are you including things like saving, like how much I'm putting away? Are no, you no, 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 no. what I'm spending on yeah, frivolous just, things? No, I mean, just like, let's say for instance, for rent, for bills, for fucking, to get your manicure, to get whatever. I was like barely under, I would say like probably, yeah, probably like around 10 grand. That's good then. At least you got yourself, you know, down to that. I mean, you know, it's totally different for me because I have fucking three kids, you know, and I have a son who has, you know, 
health issues. So that's a big part of it as well. But go ahead. Were you going to say something? Oh, nothing. I was going to say that I also got very, very lucky with my, um, the house that I'm in right now. It's a fucking deal. It's the best. I mean, I, that's probably the biggest reason why is where I'm living is Dude, very. Please just be honest. I'm sorry. I know it's personal. I know how to fucking, I have a hundred thousand <laughs> listeners. I'm curious. I'm being serious. How big is the place that you're living in? No one's going to fucking know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to die. Uh, it's 5,212 square feet. Holy fuck. That's a really big foot. You know, 5,000 square feet and bigger is considered a mansion. It's a big house. Okay, and I so have a really good fucking deal on it. I got, I, that's the only reason. How many I'm people live here. with you? Uh, so the guy who owns it is this, like, he's a tech guy. He lives in Texas and he's this middle-aged gay dude. And he like just wanted someone to, he bought this house cause it's down the street from his mom. And he, Wanted someone to live in it um, just to make sure nothing bad happens to it, pretty much. Um, so he's owns the home. He's never there. I pay pretty much like barely fucking anything for it. Um, it's on a private road. It's all, there's only three houses on my street. It's but hold quite on. So, a so I got, when he comes in to visit his mom, does he stay there? No, he doesn't. He's never there. I have one roommate who I've only seen three times since last November, two Novembers ago. Three the times. Fuck? He works. He does cybersecurity for the government. I don't know what he does. Does I he pay know. rent? Yeah. <laughs> so he splits rent to not be there. Yeah. I've literally only seen him. It's the weirdest situation, but it's like a beautiful home, brand new home. It's mass. It's too big for me. But, um, and I'm never there anyway, but he just wanted to make sure somebody was living there. Damn. So I literally got a killer deal on it. So that's the only reason I'm in a house that big. It's, no, Ridiculous. listen, I live in a, I live in a 5,600 square feet house. So I live in a 5,600 square foot house and we were about to upgrade to a 7,500 square foot house. And for the most part, we've been living in like 2,500 or 3,000 square feet for the last, you know, eight years. And it's been fine. We have more land, but it just was, I was like, fuck this, we need more space. And now I thank God that I have the space that I have a fucking 1,800 square foot man cave and I have areas to be in and I have a studio and an office and everything because otherwise I go crazy and the kids go crazy. So, all right, well, that's good. So, I mean, you, so you have that. I mean, I would though, if I didn't get, I got super lucky with that. And that's the only reason why I'm living there. Had I not been living there, I would be more than happy with a little like two bedroom apartment, only two bedroom because I need a whole bedroom for my closet. Oh, but God. um <laughs> I'm one of those. But I mean, I don't need a, I don't need a whole lot. You know, I'm never even home really. Like I, I'm always at work. Or, How are you getting your hair and nails done? Like during the pandemic? Oh just, my gosh. You know, so I'm kind of, I feel like a lot of people think I'm a really girly girl, but I'm actually not. I'm very low maintenance. I found a place. So Sacramento is kind of weird because Sacramento, everything is, you know, pretty much still shut down, but in the County right next to us, which is about 20 minutes away from me, everything's open there. So if I need to go get my pedicure, I'll get a pedicure outside with masks on. Um, so I've gotten that, but I haven't gotten my nails done. Yeah, I don't I heard do about some County that was not too far from you. Yeah. Like 30 minutes from you. And I heard about this County that was like fucking going through all this crazy shit. When everything was mandatory shutdown in all of California, they opened up because they're like, fuck this. I'm going to lose my restaurant, uh, da, 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 whatever. And I heard that shit. Yeah, they did. And I have not, I didn't go right away. I, I only got, I got like maybe two pedicures since this has happened just because I feel like if the whole County is going to be open. That's kind of, I don't know. That just stresses me out. But, um, 
I, so, and I also am very like my hair, my hair is natural. I don't dye it. I don't even blow dry it. I don't, I don't do anything to my hair. So I got kind of lucky. I don't really have to do anything to my hair. I don't really care about my nails because I stopped getting my nails done when I was taking care of my dad when he had cancer. Um, we were really short on all types of, all types of resources for home care because of COVID. Um, so I was pretty much like the caregiver for my dad and, you know, trying to lift and care for a 200 pound dude. I was like, I can't have my nails on. So after my dad got sick, I stopped getting my nails done. So yeah, I have, I haven't really had to deal with that. Let's talk about that. You told me you lost a, a family member and, and, um, especially during this fucking time, like how was that and how do you cope? And I mean, did you get lost in work? What, how did you, like, what do you do to deal with it? Um, uh, I got, I was so the way I try to look at this, everybody grieves differently. Uh, my mom and my sister, I'm kind of the black sheep. They grieve very differently than I do, and that's okay. Something that I can look back on is that, you know, the second that I found out my dad was sick, I was by his bedside every single day. Um, I'm also very grateful that I have a team, you know, with my company who are so compassionate and understanding family first. If I needed to be somewhere, they didn't even question it. They said, what the fuck are you doing here? Go to the hospital. Um, our CEO, he came to my house. He was one of the first people, you know, console me, you know, it was very, very understanding. Uh, so I think understanding who's important, who's really there for you, that's all important. Um, but when you're dealing with someone who's terminally ill, I mean, obviously it's not ideal. You don't want to see somebody die, especially slowly. Um, but you know, there's people who lose their family in a blink of an eye in a car crash and they have no idea. So the fact that I was able to spend every single day with my dad, um, for almost a year and, you know, be able to spend that time and say his goodbyes. And it wasn't always glamorous at all by any means, but you know, and I'm, there's nothing I would have rather done other than that. And I'm forever grateful for the time I spent with him. Um, and I feel at peace because I was able to say those things. And one of the things he told me before he passed away, about a month before he passed away, he said, he didn't even call them by their names, but he said, Aria, I know once I'm gone, my wife and my daughter will be taken care of because of you. And that's, that to me, and then he told me he was proud of me. And that's, you know, that, that's all I needed. So for me, I felt at peace and I can only speak for myself. So I hold that closely to me. Um, as soon after that happened, I, um, I was the one who had to go tell all of our family members. I had to call the coroner and all this other stuff. And because I don't want my mother to, I've always been a provider. I've always wanted to take care of other people. And I take so much pride in that, but also, you know, as soon as it was, cause I'm not, if there's anything that this quarantine has made me realize, I didn't realize how extroverted I was, you know, until all of this happened. But I texted, you know, everybody, I said, it happened on a Friday. And, um, I said, I'll be at work on Monday. And they said, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you're a crazy bitch. And no, they're like, take some time, take as much time as you need. I said, I want to be a work and they said no so wait a um, second w were you able to have a funeral for your dad because you know no, yeah so no, that's what I thought. we yeah. weren't able to have a funeral at all um which thank is, god you know, spent that time fuck thank god yeah so it was very i mean and that's you know everybody i think everybody deserves that and to have their life honored 
in that sense. Um, but at the same time, I think everything happens for a reason or everything should fall into place as it should. Um, and I think, you know, while I might've been ready for it, maybe my mom wasn't, or, you know, and so we're being able to take our time and being able to plan that. And I just try to look at everything more so as a blessing and realize really what I'm grateful for and what we do have. And to be able to look at that and move logically, um, instead of just, you know, reacting super emotionally and, uh, you know, with frustration, I, you know, try to move with peace and just be, do things the way he would have wanted me to. So, um, but no, we didn't get to have a funeral, but we are planning it. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. So for 2021, you know, it's really interesting. You sound very pleasant on the phone, right? Um, you're such a fucking pit bull. Oh, you see my on, Twitter. That's on why. Twitter, you know, I just, I think <laughs> about it. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and, um, I had a, a guy named Chris No. He uh, owns a conglomerate fashion business and everything. He's a Vietnamese dude. And he's he talked about having a chip on his shoulder. And um, I just wondered, I was like, I wonder why like I attract people who have chips on their shoulder, especially because you know, I have the biggest, right? And I know you even, I, I thought about it before you even emailed me. And I said, I was like, no, I really think you do, you know? But it seems like if anything, I would think you'd have even more because of your father's passing. But if anything, I feel like almost maybe you've eased up a little bit. Oh, I don't know. I mean, do you think, do you think you have a chip on your shoulder? Mm, I wouldn't say I have a chip on my shoulder. I would say. You have a condominium? I'm just joking. I, <laughs> oh, what? I, I am very aware that I'm an aggressive person, um, but I do not go into any situation unprepared. So if you're going to come to me, if you're going to come at me for anything, no, I'm going to have a fucking response know that I know exactly what I want. I am extremely decisive and I am extremely direct. And a lot of times I think that's looked down upon or not necessarily looked down upon, but I think that's kind of almost has a negative connotation uh, when people talk about it. Maybe, I don't know if because because I'm a female and those are maybe past um, unusual traits that people, you know, I think we're in a shift. We're in a shift for our generation of, you know, especially when it comes to genders and gender, you know, roles and things like that. There are now more women in the workforce than there are men. Um, and so having people adjust to that is something that will be socially acceptable eventually, but it's an interesting thing to kind of, I think we're watching it as it happens right now. So um, then you should, just, yeah. you should just calm the fuck down then. Why don't you just relax? Oh, I... Am, you would know if I, <laughs> you would know if I was angry. I I uh I didn't say angry, I'm just saying just like okay, look, when's the last time you went on a date? I know it's tough because of what's going on, but have you gone on a date in the last seven months? I have. Okay. And when are you gonna finally just let somebody be the boss? I was actually having a very <laughs> in-depth conversation about this because you know what? Are you laughing at me? Go ahead. Go ahead You're please. so laughing. Me. Go ahead. Go. Uh, so I didn't realize I was aggressive for a long time. My sister pointed it out to me very recently. And I said, you know, I was like, I'm just aggressive in sports. And she said, no, Aria, you are aggressive in everything. And I thought, and I said, you know what? I kind of fucking am. But I've also realized, I think, you know, I am a very alpha female. I'm also a very, you know, I'm a very dominant person. I'm a very direct person. I'm very aggressive in every single thing I do because I don't believe in half-assing something. 
But that when it comes to relationships, and I was looking at all, like all, all my exes, all of them are all different ethnicities. They all look different. They all have different jobs. They're all very different from each other. I said, what is my type? But the one thing they all had in common was that they were, none of them had a nine to five job. They were all entrepreneurs. They're all kind of bullish the way that I was. And I heard this saying and they said, it's, it's, <laughs> they said, this isn't love. This is just a power struggle. And I said, wow. That's me. <laughs> but I think also, and I was reading about this because I was trying to, I think self-awareness is very important. So I said, well, how do I find something? Maybe it is me. Maybe I am the problem. What do, what do I do to make this work? May I, maybe I'm selecting the wrong people or, you know, whatever it is. And um, they say pretty much that uh, you can tell an alpha female because I seek people who are like me. I want to find people who are going to encourage me, people who are better than me or better at what they do than me and people I can learn from or people who understand my, you know, my job or what I want out of life because I don't want some guy fucking calling me all the time saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm in a fucking meeting. Stop bitching at me. Um, but at the same but, time, don't you do this? I mean, you seem like, I mean, I, I know I've read random pieces of tweets and things and whatever we talked about. No, I'm just saying like, you know, other guys have been talking to other girls or whatever, blah, blah. Like how the fuck would you even know if you're so busy consumed in work or anything else that this dude is talking to another girl or whatever it may be? So this comes into, and this is why I think I'm a little bit the way I am. And you'll know what I mean when I say this. I had a past relationship with this person who I thought I was going to marry. And, um, I found out he was cheating on me with like, it must have been at least, at least thirty girls. It was no, something. Come on, yes, Aria. I swear to you. I swear to you. You were I, gonna marry some dude who's fucking with. Come on, are you? Like, I didn't know, I, and I found out. And when I found out, we were um, we were in Europe, and uh, I left. I left. I got on a plane and I came home by myself. And the very next day is when I started with my company. The very next day. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that I think is that. So if you see something, that's probably why. By the way, you, you said a gem and I don't give a fuck. Look, you shouldn't be listening to the show if you're not at least, a, you have to be a grown ass adult. But you said a gem that I need you to tell my listeners the biggest gem ever. And that gem is what do you do if you're going to cheat? Please say it. Please say it right now. <laughs> say it. Aria. If you feel like you're going to cheat or you think like you want to call your fucking ex, just fucking jack off, masturbate, get it fucking done, get a fucking sock, whatever you got to do, and then you won't want to do it anymore. And that is the goddamn truth. I swear. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> because when a guy nuts, that's it. He's powerless. It's like, like there's nothing else. To, like, you're done. Boom. And you got all the trouble out of your system. And it's fucking true. It's literally it's fucking golden. It's fucking crazy. Um, so your mental health has been good throughout this whole time. It seems like you're still headstrong. Seems like you're more actually, your head seems much more cemented on than on a swivel than ever. Like it's crazy. I think that going through everything that I've been through this year has forced me to really sit down and look at what is important and be more strategic about how I spend my energy. I think also just where I was last time we talked, you know, I wasn't, I think a lot of people don't even realize this. Like, yeah, I'm living in a 5,200 square foot home right now, but people don't realize that before that, like before I had that and I was just starting this company, 
I was sleeping on my mom's couch. You know, I was, I moved my grandparents up here to take care of them, who my grandmother has MS. She's completely paralyzed. My grandpa has dementia. So I was taking care of paralyzed woman while she's going through hospice. My grandpa, um, helping my mom. I moved in my aunt who is so dear to me, but you know, she was going through some stuff. I was also, um, you know, dealing with my dad being diagnosed with cancer and watching him deteriorate every day, you know? So I was not only taking care of myself, but literally, you know, five other adults I was taking care of and sleeping on a couch working, you know, 14 hours a day minimum. Um, and that wears on you. It does. And I'm a very go, go, go kind of person, but, um, and I got through it, but you really do have to take care of yourself eventually. Um, that's really, really important because you can try to do everything and maybe you'll succeed at it. But, and, you know, I take pride in taking care of my family and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I was, you know, that's a lot of stress. Um, you know, you know people here that. don't even know that also you're, you're a bottle waitress and, you know, a lot of people have <laughs> these misconceptions about it. A lot of people have a lot of derogatory feelings towards, you know, bottle waitress, mostly girls. They think that this and they talk down and whatever. And it's like, I kind of just feel like, yo man, this is service, you know, and it's a pretty girl, whatever. Like, why are you looking at a negative way? Like, it's just a, I don't know, just the fact that you had to deal with that shit. Oh, I dealt with it for, well, I was, I worked in the restaurant industry for 10 years. I was a waitress and you know, the, a lot of, so I was, the reason I was doing that was a lot of reasons, but you know, I was in debt. I had like a hundred K in debt. Like while I was not even, I didn't take any college loans out. I didn't finish college. I never took, I don't have any student debt, but I had a lot of medical bills. Um, and in my early twenties, I had like almost a hundred thousand dollars in medical bills and I didn't want my family to know. Um, so I, cause I was on my mom's insurance back when I was like 21 or 22 or something. And I didn't want her to know. So I didn't want her to worry. So I paid off. I worked in, you know, nightclub and I was, yeah, possibly making minimum wage supposedly, but really cocktail waitresses, I was easily working two days a week, making six figures, easily, you know, and I paid off all of my medical bills. I paid off all of my debt. I had zero, zero, zero debt, um, just fucking hustling people. And a lot of what I learned and everything that I am as far as sales goes most of that is from, I think everybody should work in some sort of service industry at some point, whether it's in retail or a restaurant or whatever it is. Dealing with customer service will teach you everything you need to know about people and sales. And I think it'll totally agree with you. You know, I worked so. at fucking Burger King. I worked at a motherfucking retail store. I've worked at a fucking restaurant. I worked, I worked at, a bus at Little Boy. Caesars for two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, <laughs> real quick, um, is there a goal? that you have before the year ends, or at least by the first quarter of 2021? Is there anything that you want to kind of just accomplish before that, that you want to put out there in the universe? Definitely. I have a lot, a lot of goals. I want to, obviously I'm going to hit my goal of 100 employees very, very soon. That'll probably happen by next month. Personal goal. Personal goals. I think I'm going to start looking to buy a home probably December, January. Um, but I do have, I mean, it's just tough. I want to do a lot of stuff. You know, I want to get started on my, um, you know, business that I'm going to start with clothing. You know, I want to have some sort of online store for that, which I'm testing out right now, um, with my sister, which I'm really excited about. So I want to kind of, 
I, I feel like I'm working on a few things right now. So I want to really, really push that out there and get going on that. I think creating process is important when you're starting a business or even if you're in a nine to five or whatever it is, you know, once you're off your feet or have the company off its feet and being able to have a process that kind of helps things run itself. So you don't have to work 120 hours a week. Um, then you can allocate your time into other projects that will generate more income for you. So right now, um, my, the feet are off the ground for my company right now. So I'm trying to invest my time more into other streams of income that will help me and my family. So definitely get those new things that I'm working on, uh, both for financial planning um, as well as that clothing line that I want to work on. So get those and create processes for those to get those going on their own as well. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully in five years, you know, you, you eventually do have kids and all that stuff and everything. I know it's going to happen. I'm sure it will. You're a catch and you're a good person. And obviously you bring a lot to the table. So that's it. Yo, thank you so much again, Aria. Uh, the only thing I want you to do is, could you make your fucking Instagram like not private? I just don't I will, understand. I will well, make it public just for you. Why is it? Why is it private? Just tell me. Don't tell me yeah. your loser ex, please. No, I, um, it, it literally is just, it's just, there's the only thing that's on there is just like a couple of vacations, some of my outfits and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. I just don't, I have my work Instagram and then I have my personal Instagram, but I will make my Instagram public for you. I'm just fucking with you. It's all good. I was just messing with you. I know the, um, the dust brothers, Jordan miles, they, well, they follow you from the podcast page and stuff. I don't have access to that page. I just don't. But, um, yo, seriously, thank you so much. Is there anyone you want to shout out? Is there anything you want to say before we go to the break? I think I'm good. <laughs> all right. All right. I really appreciate it. Look, man, you are literally a, you're like the model, not model citizen. You're the model. Like, just, like I don't know. Like, because again, you don't have a hundred thousand followers, 200,000, a million followers. You don't have that at all whatsoever. You don't rely on anybody else to take care of shit. You handle your own. I just kind of just low key found you have no fucking idea how I did, but super low key just yet. Yeah, but I mean, just, but still, like, you know, just had yeah. no idea, found you successful and you're doing it. And it gives this, well, it helps me hopefully inspire other women to do what you do and not feel like they have to fucking lay around or lay on their back, whatever the fuck it may be. Um, but again, seriously, Aria, thank you so much. And I hope to see you soon. I hope, yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'll cross paths soon. As soon as COVID's over, we'll definitely have to link up. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aria. Hey, guys, uh, we'll be right back. Yo, Miles, hit me off with a little bit of Lakey Lake, please. I hope you guys show some love to Miss Aria. I think her Instagram is Miss Aria Price. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. She's a lovely lady. She's softened up a lot. You know, she's been through a lot and she's she's a hard worker. Look, guys, please don't send her dick pics. No dick pics, please, guys. Come on, man. <laughs> so look, <laughs> let's get right into the hobby. All right, guys, my Chrome autographs sold out very fast. Okay. There was a little bit of a glitch. Couldn't figure it out. It was a shipping situation that was that we uh, had like set up on the site with Shopify. I think we fucked up there. So it was like a weird thing where people couldn't check out or whatever. And they sold out in a minute, but you know, there's only 13 cards and the prices are really good. 
I'm only going to do that maybe one or two more times. I want my autographs for the Topps Chromes to kind of marinate and uh, hopefully make it something special for the National next year. So let's just say, for instance, there will be less than 40 autographs total. And there's, you know, 200 fucking cards. So, you know, however many cards I sign. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of my autographs out there, especially the gold ones for uh, the Topps Chrome. So I just want it to be special, okay? In a month or so, I'll begin designing my new Topps Chrome 2021. And look, this shit was already proven. Like I said, I'm going to come with way more fire in this bitch. It's going to be lit. Yes. So I'm confirming now that I am doing Topps Chrome 2021. Can't wait to see motherfuckers at some conventions and everything else. It's going to be dope. All right. On to Project 2020. My George Brett card just dropped. Just a few hours ago, it dropped. If you listen to this in real time, it dropped uh, 9 a.m., three hours ago. It is my 14th card of the Project 2020 series. Uh, this was George Brett's rendition of his card from 1975. 1973 was the year I was born. You know, I know a lot about the 70s. So the card had a lot of major psychedelic waves on this motherfucker had a lot of psychedelic feels right it was he's a royal kansas city royals so you know i threw a little royalty on there but i kept it simple kind of like the ichiro um almost like 20 grand but i didn't really throw in any kansas city shit just kept it kind of cool you know i'm gonna start getting real gangster with uh my next car which is uh roberto clemente and um but you know i kept the og rookie photo and uh you know look i kept it clean i kept it simple all right i hope you guys like it as mentioned before, anybody who buys this George Brett card has a chance to win a 14 karat gold Cuban link chain. It's no bullshit. Everyone has won something. Has really won. They won a box of chrome. When it was going fucking $1,200 a box, they won a fucking cool Cuban chain. Now they're going to win another fucking Cuban chain. You pick. You want white gold, yellow gold, rose gold? You tell me, okay? All you have to do is buy one base card. That's $19. Now, the more cards you buy, the better your chances are, okay? All you got to do is buy a card, screenshot your receipt, and email it to benballerdidthecard at gmail.com, all right? And I've been blessing folks. No one can ever say that, and especially with this motherfucking Griffey card. That shit's going to be fucking crazy, okay? Now, I know I said that all the releases on bbdtc.com we're only going to be on the weekends or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, all right? We're going to be doing for real business and merch soon. We're going to be operating the site a lot more like professionally. This is going to be like a real thing. I'm really doing a lot of shit, not just like lighters. I got Sharpies coming out. I got fucking Post-its. I have mouse pads. I have more lighters. I'm going to have hoodies, sweatpants. I'm going to have a lot of toys and all kinds of things. So there's going to be very serious major gigantic collaboration corporation like major corporation collaborations dropping on my site okay so shit can drop any day of the week from now on with whether it be the hobby whether it be fucking shit for sale whatever the fuck it be i might even do shock drops right quick strikes all that shit okay so with that said my ted williams autos all right my ted williams autos will drop on tuesday the 6th yes that is this coming tuesday the 6th Okay, my autographs will be significantly reduced in price, meaning they will be on sale. Okay, I don't need to do that, but you know, we sold out 
And even though we sold out of every single one of our last releases, all right, even the last one had 180 fucking cards and it took a few hours to sell everything out because we had so many fucking cards, we're gonna have this autograph sale for at least three or four more cards, maybe even five more cards. I'm just gonna keep these prices low. I know these things will sell out faster, but that's the way it's smoother. Ted Williams is a vintage card anyway, and so is Bob Gibson, but you know, I'm gonna make it a little more sexy and um, not just the, the one of fives, the one of fifties are gonna be lower and all that and said and done. Of course, they will all be authenticated by Beckett, okay? Now my Bob Gibson autograph, those autograph cards will drop a week after that. So that card is Tuesday the 6th. I'm probably gonna drop my uh, Bob Gibson autograph on Monday the 12th, okay? And then after that, we will be in real time finally. The autographs will be caught up, all right? I should have my George Brett card in less than two weeks. So we got real action, okay? Also, my Ken Griffey Jr. card will now be my 18th card. It will no longer be my 20th, aka my final card. The reason being is I have to make an appearance in Seattle in mid-December or like right around mid-December, like December 19th or 20th, I'm not exactly sure. That's depending on if I'm gonna do this at Mill Creek Sports or if I'm gonna do something private because my BBDTC boxes are the same. So I want to guarantee that I have the cards in my hand. I don't wanna go out there without my Ken Griffey Jr. cards because I'm setting something up with possibly with Ken Griffey Jr. as well and possibly someone else very big uh, that was in the Seattle Mariners. I don't wanna to have to worry about print run delays, none of that stuff, okay? So I know that the Ken Griffey Jr. card is going to be a very good selling card and I'm also giving away a fucking legit $17,000 Ben Baller Diamond Seattle Mariners chain, all right? I just finished it. I am hoping that the winner for that Ken Griffey chain or that, that Seattle Mariners chain is someone from Seattle, but obviously I can't just favor that. We have to see. But I hope that someone buys or someone from Seattle, either he or she buys 100 plus cards because then with 100 plus cards, obviously the chances are better and it'll be well worth it. If you bought 100 cards, it'd be what, $2,000? It would be well worth it. It'd be in your best interest because you would be obviously winning something of major value. And I'm sure a big Seattle Mariner sports fan would cherish this because I'm not even making chains for under $250,000. I'm not even booking a fucking job unless you're a corporation that's paying me that kind of money to do stuff for marketing, cool, all right? Um, once again, this Seattle Mariners chain is something ridiculous. Like it's, for, for me to give this away is fucking crazy. But I will show pics and a video of it soon. Um, I just fucking finished it. Uh, now some big news. My LA box, which will be even more lit than my Barrier box. Sorry, Barrier. Your, your box is lit. You guys got a special thing. You guys are the first, all right? And my LA box will be on sale next week. Okay, don't know what day yet, but there'll only be 10 boxes for sale. Reason being is because it is going to be something that I hand you in person. It is only pickup. It was pickup only, all right? It'll come with an exclusive LA BBDTCT, which means it'll only be for like LA people to understand, right? It'll come with two packs of my Topps Chrome. There's gonna be some random, very cool BBDTC merch, of course, that you can only get from BBDTC.com that always sells out. And more importantly, it is going to come with a very special $175 custom-made snapback made by the legend Alonzo Valencia. 
Now, this is a real legit New Era snapback. If you saw some of the sneak peeks, we flipped the Brooklyn Dodgers hat with the actual New Era embroidery. Don't know how the fuck he did it. It came out sick as fuck, okay? Also, of course, the box will come with two gold autographed tops, BBDTC Chrome Dodger cards. They will only be Dodger cards. I was thinking about doing one of them being the Angels. If there is one person who requests an Angel card, cool. I will not let any more than that. Just know you're going to be meeting somewhere near Hollywood. And um, again, it's going to be you know a, a pickup only situation. This is a very special deal. Okay. One of you or one of the winners of the 10 LA boxes will be blessed with a diamond die cut refractor autograph. Um, but the kicker is the real special prize of this whole entire box situation is you're going to meet me in person. I have never really, I did an LA appearance for my, my VVS pen med band, you know, but I didn't really get a chance to kind of rap to people. This is something where like, it's special, you know, I'm going to give the secret location of where the meetup will be once the boxes are sold out and the T's only come in size large or XL, and they will never be for sale. Those tees are only for the boxes. That's for the Bay Area. And there's the other tees, if you see people wearing them, it's because they're friends and family. Now, if one of my homies decided to sell them on eBay, that's on them. But again, the best part of this box is you get to chop up game with me for 25 to 30 minutes. It ain't free game, but it's cheap game because G ain't shit. Because I wouldn't even, I've, I've turned down, I don't know how many cameos I've turned down. Can't tell you how many turn, things I've turned down where just people want to talk and, and chat and do other things. But look, if you want to just pick up the box and take some pics and bounce, cool, go ahead. But if you want to rap, you need some advice, you need some guidance, whether it be life or business advice that I could help you with, yo, cool. Just think of some shit that you'd want to legit ask me in person and it's on. Yo, 25 minutes is a lot of time. Think about my podcast, think about this show and how much game I spit. If you have one situation, maybe two, I'm not gonna sit here and give you fucking love advice and talk about this or talk about a fucking crazy plan to fucking go kill your ex-girlfriend or some shit. But know this, you will only be allowed in with a mask. If you don't have a mask, I will provide a fucking mask, okay? There's gonna be somewhat social distancing. I'm pretty loud. I can talk. I'm sure you can talk so I could hear you. You know what I mean? But again, if your mask does not look crispy, I'm going to be handing you a mask. If you ain't wearing a mask, then you are not meeting with me. And that's the end of the story. My personal assistant will hand you the box and that's it. Okay. But anyways, yeah, all the stuff in the box is lit. All the stuff in the box is worth over a thousand dollars. Okay. But my time is what you're paying for. Okay. So stay tuned. The Seattle box will have just as much heat and the Seattle box will probably go on sale probably like um, right around Thanksgiving, maybe around Black Friday or something, okay? And Seattle will be, again, pickup only. It will be in person. I, again, I don't know what the location may be. Um, it was supposed to be at Mill Creek Sports. Not saying that they're not cool or anything. It just gotta be something, it's gotta make sense for everybody, okay? I haven't yet decided if I'm gonna do a San Diego box. I'm kinda like, oh, I don't know, I'm against the fence. At the same time, it could happen, I'm not sure. But if it does happen, San Diego will happen in November for sure. And I will give people at least a two-week notice so they can meet. We usually meet on a Friday or Saturday, maybe a Saturday or Sunday, but I will definitely make sure, you know what I'm saying? I don't meet more than five people a day, but um, 
I don't know. Stay tuned. It could happen. Who knows? New York will definitely happen. It's just not going to happen until shit calms down, okay? And after a vaccine is out. This vaccine's supposed to come in November, December, some shit cool. So as the vaccine's out, things are cooler. People can get on a motherfucking plane and be a little more chill. Dope. So that means that this is probably going to happen sometime in February 2021 or after February 2021. Now, my Ben Baller Gold Vacuum Sealer 2.0 sold out in less than a minute. All right? It's unreal. I wasn't even expecting it to sell out that fast. I thought maybe five, six minutes. I thought maybe eight, nine minutes. But cool. I'm very honored. I'm grateful. I'm so happy that you guys fuck with me. There was like over 100,000 fucking people on the app. Crazy. Okay? FYI, I will only have one or two more gold items like drops, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't tell you what exactly what they are yet. You know what I'm saying? Trying to keep a little bit of a secret. But there's gonna be like one or two more gold items that I drop with network. And then it's going to be strictly bbdtc.com. Yes, my drops, whether it be a fucking gold dildo. I don't give a fuck what the fuck it is. All my real crazy drops that are gold and everything else, they will be dropped on bbdtc.com. That is after about two or three more drops with, with network. So um, I got a big... Uh, I got some super shit coming. I got some super sick shit coming for spring and summer of 2021. Um, I do have a dope ass Oakley collab coming next year. That will be with Network, but I will be doing stuff hopefully before that as well. But I got other heat. I got some shit for the gamers. I got some gold. Fuck it, I'm gonna tell you. I got some gold Xbox and PS5 controllers that are coming out for gamers. It's gonna be in first quarter 2021. And my last major item for 2020 will be on Black Friday. And that will only be available on the network app. And that will be my next item. My next item on the network app will be my last item for this year. And that will be on Black Friday, okay? That is November, I think 27th, some shit. I'm not exactly sure. But that will be the last item I drop on network. And um, it's gonna be the craziest fucking shit, all right? Real quick, for entertainment, I watched this show two days ago called American Murder, The Family Next Door. Or was it yesterday? I forgot. Yo, it's on Netflix, and that shit put a tickle from my neck down to my ass crack, like something awful. Definitely check that shit out. Again, family, eerie vibes. It was fucked up. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that's all the time I have for episode 120. I'm about to hit these San Francisco streets Hopefully connect with my boy GX1000. I don't know, but look, I cannot wait to meet up with the folks who cop these Bay Area boxes. Can't wait to meet you guys tomorrow. Can't wait to meet you guys on Saturday. Um, I love you guys. God bless, and we are out of here. Yo, Lakey Lake, what's good, bro? Can you take us to the moon this time? I don't want to go to the crib. Let's go to the moon. Take the listeners to the moon, fam. All right? All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>